Welcome to the Newbie Real Estate Investor of New Jersey show, show number three. I'm Jonathan Boyle. And I'm Joey Chan. And we have a special guest here today for you guys. Uh, Carmelo Oliveri, what's going on? Awesome. So, you know, we'll jump right into this. Uh, you know, we're just going to ask a few questions. You know, Carmelo's a busy guy, so we want to save his time. Um, so, Carmelo, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, basically, I started off uh, in Jersey City as a school teacher, and then when I was in Jersey City, I started investing in real estate, uh, buying some multifamily properties, uh, buying and flipping properties. Um, like I said before, it's kind of like I liked flipping multifamily houses because if I flipped it, I made money. If I kept it, I made money. Uh, so it was a win-win situation as a newbie investor. So it kind of it was a good foundation to not get screwed in the business. And then as I progressed and learned more, I kind of went into the construction and building new homes and stuff like that. So at a levels. Um, and stuff like that. So I kind of expanded from that and going to bigger projects. So, uh, Carmelo, I guess our second question would be, like, how'd you get started in real estate? Well, it's kind of my, my entire family, you know, came over from Italy. And they all, like in Italy, everyone lives in multifamily houses. So they came here and lived in multifamily houses. Um, and I just really kind of just, I grew up in that, you know what I mean? So from there, I was like, okay, well, real estate's where the money's at. So I kind of expanded um, instead of owning two or three, I started buying, you know, 30, 40, 50 properties. Um, when, when I was teaching in Jersey City, the home prices were $75,000 for a three-family, one twenty-five for a six-family. So the numbers made huge sense to buy and invest in that market. And um, being that we're within 45 minutes of New York, that's always a great market to be in. So the MSA is fantastic. And that's, you know, kind of started there. And then as the market got hotter and hotter, we just started buying and flipping in that market too, you know. So worked out great. Um, you actually, sorry, I just uh, wanted to touch up on something. You said MSA. Can you please elaborate on what that is yeah, exactly? M MSA is pretty much the metro area. So you want to know what, what the growth is in that area, what the median household income is in that area, what the homes are selling for in that area. So basically it's a, a analytical of the market. And obviously Manhattan is one of the biggest in the country. So when you're in this type of market, it's always beneficial um, to invest, you know. That's awesome. So <clears throat> we also know that you're a contractor as well, yeah. right? Um, so if you could elaborate um, as a contractor, uh, so what are some of the best and worst things about being a contractor? Um, when I first started in the business, I wasn't a contractor, nice. um, but I had to deal with a lot of them, and unfortunately, I didn't like them. Uh, they'll tell you they'll be there Monday, they just didn't tell you which Monday. Uh, it might have been like three Mondays later. So um, I had a friend of mine. He was a contractor. He kind of kind of uh, took me under his wing and taught me pretty much everything from foundation to framing to electrical. So I kind of learned hands-on on the job sites. I would literally work for free, and he'll show me everything. Um, and then after that, I would use his license to do jobs. He felt so comfortable with me doing my own things. So he gave me his license to use, and then I just got my own contractor's license. So I really kind of um, learned hands-on. On how to do, and basically, I didn't have to deal with the contracts. I started hiring people. Um, people worked under me. They show up on a Monday and they work through Saturdays. So it was never any issue of when things are going to get done. I know they're going to get done. You know, so that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest hurdle for any newbie investor is working with contractors because they're either going to make the deal or break the deal. That's that's your biggest hurdle right there in itself. You know, so. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome uh, to hear. It's funny, like uh, that you mentioned uh, contractors. Just for the simple fact that I know, um, you know, gr 
Uh, every one of the people I've hired and used, you know, great guys, Joey included. <laughs> like, I haven't hired him. He's a partner of mine. But besides uh, that, you know, they don't typically uh, follow, exactly. like, what they always say they're going to do. Exactly. Just, for example, like, today, my guys are supposed to be doing doors and windows, and no one's there. So, <laughs> just exactly. so, just something to know. You're going to have to deal with that as a real estate investor no matter what. That's going to be the biggest hurdle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even myself, as similar to Carmelo, as a real estate investor and also a contractor, um, I kind of did the opposite thing. You know, I started out as a contractor and then became a real estate investor after. So I kind of already knew what the pitfalls were already going into it. So uh, next question is... Um, what what specifically do you do in real estate? Um, and if you could elaborate a little bit on that, uh, the the type of uh, investing that you do in real in real estate. Um, I pretty much you know when I first started, I always liked the multifamilies, and I think that's like the bread and butter of the business, uh, for the simple fact that no matter what happens in the economy, recession, depression, a booming economy, people always need a place to live. So. I owned, probably when the last recession happened, I had maybe 40 or 50 apartments at the time. And I ended up losing probably almost $300,000 on flips. But I didn't care because I knew the next month the rental was coming in. You know what I mean? Uh, so that was a great foundation to starting off in this business uh, because, you know, people always need a place to live. And when the, mar when the market tanked, in that instance, I had five properties under contract, had the short sale one house that I put almost $200,000 into in my own cash. Um, so, you know, that's always, I think, you know, if you have, if you're looking to do this business, I would definitely get into the multifamilies first to start off, learn how to rehab them, learn how to deal with people, learn how to manage people. Um, and then you can get into the bigger projects. I see a lot of newbies, they'll go in, they'll buy a property, uh, flip it. They'll make $40,000. They'll take the $40,000. They're going to buy two more flips. Now they're flipping two houses to make $80,000. Then they're going to flip that, make 80, and they're going to buy two more houses. Now they're flipping four houses. The economy tanks, and they lost everything. All the original investment is completely gone. So then you have nothing left, and you're back to square one, where with the multifamilies, you have a good, solid foundation. Uh, if the shit hits the fan, who cares? You got another $30,000 coming in next month. Who cares? You know what I mean? They just write it out and wait for the next uh, downturn or whatever the case may be. So, But that's always a good foundation to start off with. Um. Yeah, I do have a question just piggybacking on that a little bit. Uh, and, you know, this is, I guess, just uh, from my own knowledge. Um, now, you, you, you've you said before that you've fixed and flipped multifamilies. And, like, uh, have you had tenants or have you had placed tenants in the properties while uh, they were still being renovated, like one floor or anything like that? Um, basically, a lot of the properties that we bought were leading us uh, when we first started, need a lot of TLC. Um, so what we would do is I could bring the entire crew to do one apartment, go in, do the bathrooms, the kitchens, the, with the Greek glazing of the tubs, the floors, painting, get that one unit ready. That way I can rent that out as soon as possible. And that way, if I'm borrowing hard money, I'm borrowing investor money, and that's technically not coming out of my bank account, the tenant's paying for that carrying costs. Um, so then we'll work on the other units. So it all depends on the, the asset that you purchased and how distressed it is. Um, if you need permits and stuff like that. But, you know, if you get one unit that just needs TLC, get that ready as soon as possible and get it rented out to carry your costs, you know. And how, how does insurance work in that uh, respect? Exactly? 
we, I always get tenant insurance and I always get to build these two policies I put on the properties. So you always want to get, you know, I tell the insurance agent, I was like, well, no, the tenant lives in the property when I bought it. So I need tenant insurance, liability, and then I need to build this risk in case the shit hits the fan or something. Okay. You know? Sure. So, yeah. It's a little bit more money, but you, you're covered. Uh, so going back um, to sort of when you first started, um, what is some of the best advice that you've ever gotten, um, whether from partners or whoever, you know, mentor or just, you know, Tony Robbins? Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter who, yeah, but yeah, exactly. what? Um, I see this today and I've seen it in the past is that everyone lives beyond their means, you know? So you're going to see a lot of people, they're going to flip a few houses and next thing you know, they're out spending their money like crazy. Um, so I always tell the best advice you can have is live below your means because the shit's going to hit the fan no matter what happens. It always does. It's, it's a cycle. Um, but what happens is if you stay below your means, you can reinvest that money. You can grow your bank account. You can grow your investments. You can grow your assets. If you're just spending every dollar you're making or you're living at your means, you really can't reinvest a lot. So I always have a rule of thumb is whatever my income is, 70% gets reinvested. That's my rule of thumb. So if I can make, you know, 10 grand a month or $15,000 a month, 70% of that is going to be going back into the business and 30% is going to be my living expenses. So, you know, and even myself, you know, I'm just building this house now and I've been living in a two family for 16 years. My first house that I built, I mean, bought. So my tenants pay me 1100 bucks. My mortgage payment's 1428 a month. So 16 years I've been paying $328 a month to live there, you know, so that's what you want to live below your means for sure. That's that's some great great advice. Yeah. I, I wish I could do that too. Yeah, that's a lot of great advice. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, like they see they they see the Carmelo now. Um, just how many units do you have now? Three hundred eleven. Three hundred eleven. They, uh, yeah, they see the Carmelo now with three hundred eleven units, but they don't know that even with that many units. Yeah. You, I was living in a unit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, just going, I guess, to the next question is uh, what do you think sets you apart from uh, others who've made it, who may have started around the same time frame as you? The best advice for that is don't look what everyone else is doing. You know, there's people that started when I started and doing a thousand times better than I am. You know, and then there's people that started with when I started and doing a lot worse. Just worry about yourself. You know what I mean? The only person you're going to compete against is yourself. You know, so I'll see people that started, anybody, you know, when I started, when they, I was in the business with 50 units, they had like 10. Now they got 5,000. You know, um, so it, everyone's strategy is different. You know what I mean? I see people do syndications. They'll take 30% of a syndication and they're happy with that. I, I'm old school Italian. I like to keep 100% to myself. Um, so it varies to whatever you feel is comfortable. You know what I mean? I see people that travel the country to buy apartment buildings. I like to keep it as local as I can. You know what I mean? So every strategy is different, man. You know, so whatever you like, guys like to do is just that you do it. That's it. You know? Uh, t- tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing today, um, you know, as far as uh, the, the units you, you have, uh, what kind of business you're, you're sort of running today. And also, uh, the, I understand you have an education um, as well. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, basically, what I've been doing lately is a market now with a lot of uh, newbies coming into the market. Um, <laughs> so the, dr- the prices are getting high. I always say in this business, you know, if the banks are lending money, if, basically if you watch the banking system, if the banks lend money, you know, the economy starts booming. When the banks stop lending money, the economy shrinks. 
you know, and I'm a bottom feeder. I like to get great deals. So what I've been doing lately is like, if I get a great deal across my desk, I'll pick it up. If not, I just, you know, keep what I have and live off of that. Um, also, I'm a contractor, so I've been doing a lot of 2 or 3K stuff for a lot of clients. And then I also do the education. It's uh, reiforddummies.com, REI with the number 4 for dummies.com. Um, and basically, I educate newbies and other investors how to either start their business or grow their business. Um, so basically, a little bit of everything. Now, i got some downtime. I took the summer off. I'm not doing any education until September. Um, but, you know, a little bit of everything for the most part. So. I kind of set, set myself up if the market's doing, you know, at the, the bottom of the market where I can get some great deals, I'll go in and buy. Now we're at the top of the market, I can work as a contractor and make money that way and do some education. So you want to kind of be a jack of all trades in the, in the same business, I guess you can say. So when it, you can shift with the economy, you know. That's, that's some awesome advice right there. Yeah, no, that's definitely smart. You've uh, integrated a lot of different... Uh, portions of real estate into your business so that way when the economy goes up you're prepared for it. when the economy goes down you're definitely prepared for it so awesome um and uh you know we won't take up too much more of your time so i got i guess like one last question for you is like ahead, what piece of advice would you give the people who want to start today yeah. due diligence um, if you're going to partner with somebody, make sure the person you're doing partnership, everything is in black and white. I don't care if it's your brother, your sister, because uh, when money is involved, the, the shit always hits the fan. You know what I mean? Um, if you're, you're, like I said, a contractor is going to make or break that deal no matter what. So that's your biggest hurdle that you're going to have is the contractors. So make sure whoever you're hiring um, isn't uh, some scam artist or whatever. Because I always say cheap is expensive. Expensive is cheap. So if you're getting a great deal in a rehab, it's not going to be that great of a deal. Um, so I think that's your biggest challenges you're going to have as a newbie investor. Um, and then finding the deals, really. Just sourcing the deals. Um, in this market, it's kind of tough. Uh, but, you know, you'll, you'll get it done. That's for sure. Yep. Great. Thank you. So that concludes uh, today's podcast. Um, you'll find uh, Carmelo's information on the bottom of the, U- of the YouTube uh, channel in the description, and same with the, the podcast description. Um, and uh, or heck, if you need his information, uh, uh, Carmelo, where can they find you? You can visit uh, this uh, Oliveri Development or reiforddummies.com. That's rei with the number four dummies.com, and you can reach out to me there. Awesome, great, thank you. Thank awesome, you. Guys. Thank hey. you. Thanks Thank for you having me. Anytime, bro. Anytime, man. Thank you. Sounds good.